first... Oh my god, this is so good. This is so yeah. much better than iPhone quality. Yeah. All okay, right. word. Yeah. First episode of Film Fizz. It, it's a thing. It is a thing. Um, so, we're starting this podcast. Uh, I'm Cole. Um, I'm Riley. Hi. And we're, we're doing this this podcast uh obviously it's about films because of the title so yes just your average film bros yeah average film bros talking about film bros stuff so first we're going to get into some news and sadly i feel like we have to talk about this because it was a week ago but uh one week ago chadwick boseman passed from uh stage four colon cancer and it's just a real major loss. Like, like even outside of his work that he did for Marvel, like just he was an incredibly talented actor. Yeah, and, didn't he play like um Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, just to name a few? Yeah, um, I was in Target today and I saw like the uh, Blu-ray for I think his movie last year, like Twenty One Bridges or something like that. Oh yeah. And I remember seeing the trailer, so I was like, oh, another, like, generic action movie. Okay, like, oh, mm-hmm. Black Panther's in it. But now, just looking at that, it just ha- it held, like, a different weight. Like, what I dismissed mm-hmm. completely last year, I was like, maybe I should watch yeah. that. I saw it was directed by the Russo brothers, and I was like, you're not going to top Endgame, so, like, I'm not exactly. going to see it. <laughs> like- I don't think it was actually directed by the Russo brothers. I'm pretty sure it was uh, produced by them. Oh, okay. It was. I just remember by... Endgame was all over the trailer. Yes, I know because like almost everything, like even Extraction, was like, "Oh, Avengers Endgame." Yeah. But it was directed by a man named Brian Kirk. Oh okay. Yes, but um, but even like with his Marvel stuff, playing T'Challa, like you know really just inspired just a whole generation like of people like mm-hmm. i think that like the work that he's done like has like we still haven't seen the full impact of yeah i don't think we ever I... will it will go on beyond us no i was absolutely gutted when i heard that because you know obviously black panther doesn't have the same impact on me as it does for like people of color but you know, that was, like, one of the only Marvel movies that ever actually, like, made me cry and, like, made me feel something. It was just, like, everything about it was, like, emotion, emotional and, like, had a lot of depth to it. Yeah, and just the, like, it's a real just sad loss that, like, I remember seeing the tweet from his family and the statement from his family, and I didn't think it was, like, correct, right? Like, I was like, no, that was okay, so sad. who hacked his account, like, but... <laughs> who hacked this account? But then, like, reading it, like, I was like, this can't be right, like, this is probably just, like, a joint thing, like, that all the other people are doing, because yeah. I thought they were talking about the guy who played his father in the movie, who I think recently passed as well. Um, oh, really? I believe so. Oh, that's so sad. Um... But, like, yeah, I was, I was just shocked. Like, it was, it was kind, of, I was kind of in denial, like, for a while. Like, yeah. You know whose statement absolutely gutted me? Michael B. Jordan's. Did you read his Instagram statement? I actually didn't. 
Oh my god, you need to. It's so long and it literally made me cry. Like he they were so close and it's obvious on screen and off screen like it's amazing like and so sad. Okay, I was actually wrong. The person who played Black Panther's father did not pass. I don't know why I thought that. Oh, rip. Yeah. Me spreading fake news. I know, I totally did spread fake news. No. Did anyone else from Black Panther die? Like, is that where you got it? Or, like, no no one else died maybe? and you were just completely wrong? I'm trying to think. Maybe it was, like... No, it, yeah, I don't know who it was. Like, I totally, for some reason, thought that he passed. Well. Maybe it was his... No, it wasn't the same. I lived, yeah. bitch. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... It's an extremely sad situation. Like, I saw the, uh an article from the Hollywood Hollywood Reporter this week that was talking about, like, nobody at Marvel knew about it. and Really? Yeah. Like, the only people that they said knew was obviously his family and mm-hmm. his trainer and a few, like, of the wardrobe people and I maybe his agent. Um, That's the one I'm iffy on, but definitely, like, the trainer and the wardrobe people. A few other celebrities died this year from cancer, and no one knew about it. I think, like, John Travolta's wife really died as, from cancer, and no one knew about it. It was just her, and then, like, every, it was shocking. And so, like, I don't know how celebrities manage to, like, keep such a big secret like that. Like, does no one see them go to, like, the doctors or anything? Like, I assume they would go to, like, a public doctor. Oh, yeah. Her, his, uh, John Travolta's wife did die. Yeah, what like, how do people just, like, how do they keep a, that big a secret under wraps? I don't know, but, like, good for them, though, you know, like. Yeah, a lot of respect for them being able to keep that a secret, because, like, so many of celebrities, like, lives are just, like, all over the internet, and I feel like having something like that would just be, like, so bad to see every day, if I, that was me. Yeah, and I feel like it would make us, like, see them differently. Like, a lot of people, like, especially, you know, how vicious people are on Twitter, like, oh, a yeah. cancer patient can't play, like, Black Panther. And, like, I'm so glad we never had that discourse. And we... Yeah, it was never a part of, like, his success, I guess. Yeah, and instead we saw just this powerful man on screen that exactly just completely changed, like, I think the landscape of film. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, all love out to his family and, like, you know, please, like, whoever's listening, like, respect their privacy. Like, this is a bad time for anybody. We don't want to, like, like, one of the worst things was, like, when Kobe died. And oh, that just, you yeah. see everywhere people, like, talking to, like, his wife and, like, his other kids about it. And, like, just no exactly. privacy. It's, like, not your place. Yeah. Like, if you don't know them, it's not your place. Yeah, so, like, I really hope we, and luckily we haven't seen this a lot with Chadwick Boseman. What mm-hmm. we've seen is more, like, people you've worked with, like, kind of coming out. Like, Ryan Coogler, yeah. Ryan Coogler's statement just gutted me. Him saying, like, I spent the last year, like, working out dialogue he was going to say. And, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, like, next thing I know, he's gone. I'm, like, it's just really sad. Yeah, like it is. And, like... I really hope people aren't really talking about what's going to happen with Black Panther 2 yet because like No, I already saw people being like what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I was like it doesn't matter. Like someone died, it does not matter what is happening with Black Panther 2. Yeah, and 
it's just so sad that that's where people's minds go first is like what's happening yeah. to like something for me instead of like yeah like it's so self-serving like I didn't even think about Black Panther 2 when I heard it. I was just, like, my jaw dropped at the thought of, like, losing, like, a hero, like, an everyday hero. Yeah, like, it, it seriously, like, and I hate to compare tragedies, you know, um, mm-hmm. but, like, like, Kobe's death, like, affected me a lot, but this, like, really yeah. hit me in the way I feel like it hit a lot of people, like, when Kobe passed, because, yeah. like... Well, Kobe's was sad, but, like, I wasn't, um... I guess, as invested in basketball as I was in Marvel. So I Chadwick's obviously hit me harder. Both tragic. I can't believe what happened to Kobe actually happened with him and his daughter. But I wasn't really into basketball, so I only know him from, like, interviews and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, just an incredible tragedy. Like, it's, it's sad that we'll never be able to see, like, where his career could have gone. Because... Mm-hmm. Like, he just had such a bright future ahead of him. And it really, it really kind of makes you look back on a lot of the stuff that Chadwick Boseman chose to do. um, Mm -hmm. And just completely, like, puts a whole new spin on things. Yeah, I feel like every movie he came out with while he was diagnosed was, like, emotional and, like, hard-hitting. Like, there wasn't, like, a fluff film that he just did because he wanted to do it. Like, every single one of them had some type of meaning. Like, I still haven't seen uh, The Five Bloods yet, but from what mm-hmm. I've heard... I haven't either. It's, like, it totally feels like what should be his final film. Um, Just the way he's mm-hmm. portrayed, and I still need to see it, so I guess I can make up my mind on it, but, like, I feel like it's yeah. going to be hard for me for a while to go and watch anything with him in it, because it's just, it really hits me hard that, like what happened yeah i don't really know how to turn on what are you saying um i was gonna say on a lighter note or not so light um robert pattinson has covid yeah i didn't know how to transition uh so those of you who don't know i am a robert pattinson mega fan like oh you're like in love with him like the biggest um like i literally dropped 50 dollars on the batman shirts because it's Robert That was Pattinson. $50? Yeah, it was $50. It was... For one shirt? No, for, for both of them. It was like 20 something. Oh, there was two? Yeah. Oh, the pictures you sent me? I thought one was the front of the shirt and the other was the no, back. No, those are just two separate shirts. Oh, okay. I was like, you did not pay $50 for that. No, I did spend $50 okay. on two. the Uncut Gym shirt, though, and I am ashamed of that. 50... What type of t-shirt costs $50? I guess an A24 t-shirt. God. A24 is too indie. They're inflating their prices. Exactly. It's like the Disney of indie. It is. Oh my god. That's perfect. That's literally the perfect description of them. Yeah, like, I can't wait till A24 World opens. I can't wait to ride, like, it's a small world, but it's like the lighthouse or midsummer. Like, they're like they're indie, but they definitely, like, monopolize the indie market. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know any other indie, like, film industry besides A24. Yeah, and, like, they're really kind of pushing out, like, the like, other, like, smaller studios, like, Annapurna, I think, I think went bankrupt, I'm not sure, but, like, and, like, Fox Searchlights, like, you know, under Disney now, so really, how indie is that gonna Mm -hmm. be? No, (laughs) not at all. 
But yeah, so Robert Pattinson got COVID and it's it halted production on the Batman. And good, like it, it same with like, you know, as we were talking about with Black Panther, if your first thought was like, Oh now Batman's gonna be delayed, like come on. <laughs> I honestly thought they were already like done filming. I don't know why, but anytime a trailer comes out, I just assume that they're at least done with like production and now they're just in like post-production isn't it crazy though that they were able to make a trailer that good from like just 25 to 30 percent like of shooting done yes oh my god can we talk about zoe kravitz's catwoman because she's so pretty okay this is totally just turning into a batman trailer thing and i'm down for it like no i could talk about that it was so good oh my god his guy liner robert pattinson's like guy liner like okay bucky barnes come through i love it it's it's literally the Batman I've always wanted from, like... Yes, it had that ambiance to it. Yeah. It felt like a... Have you ever seen the movie Seven? Seven. Um, What's it about? It, it sounds familiar, but, like, I It's couldn't... a David Fincher film from the 90s with uh, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. And it's about they, like, go I after... I think so. Yeah, it had a real, like, Seven or, like, Zodiac kind of detective feel to it. And that's what I love. Like, I just wanted a Batman detective movie for so long. Mm -hmm. Also, I wish we got more, um, like, Riddler content. Oh, yeah. Like, we saw, like, his crimes and stuff. We didn't really, like, see his reveal. Like, there's that one shot of, like, it looks like Paul Dano. Um, And, like, he blinks. And, like... Okay, yeah, yeah. And I think, I'm pretty sure that's Paul Dano. But then, like, when Bruce, like, has the guy liner on, I'm like... Was that Bruce? Like, you know, I was hesitant when like Robert Pattinson got casted. Obviously, like I thought he fit the role and like he could do it and like was capable of it because he's a good actor. But I wasn't sure if he could like embody Batman. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like I feel like there's a difference between just like acting as a character and like truly like being the character. So I thought he could act it, but I didn't know. But after seeing that trailer, I was like, okay, this is Batman. This is the Batman I wanted. I love you, Christian Bale. I'm sorry, but, like, this is it. This is the Batman. Like, he's just so weird. Like, and that's what I've always, like, I love, loved I about love Robert Pattinson. Like, I can't wait till... His interviews. I can't wait till people ask him, like, when he's doing press for Batman. Like, oh my goodness, did you read, like, The Long Halloween or The Killing Joke? He's like, look, I just picked a movie, man. Like, I like Batman. Did you see that thing where he was like, um, if Batman doesn't do well, I'm gonna do porn? Yes, like, please. Like, I'm not saying, <laughs> like, I'm not saying we shouldn't, like, who says that? I'm not saying we shouldn't see Batman, but like, if it did flop, I mean, it's a, it's a win-win either way. It, it is a win-win, like, there's no losing, like, you can't lose, we've already won. Um, but even though Robert Pattinson had COVID, it, I saw an article today that they are redoing, or not redoing, but um, they're restarting production without him and just going to do his stuff later. Well, I mean, he must have got it from someone. Exactly. Like, they must have, like... <laughs> they must have, like, you know, NBA bubbled up for a little bit. So I can't imagine how many people, like, you know he's come in contact with in the crew, like, since then. Yeah. There's probably so many asymptomatic people in that crew. And there's already been, like, someone who's worked on the film. And granted, this was, like, in April who did pass from COVID. 
Mm-hmm. So hopefully everyone there stays safe and hopefully Rob yeah. Rob Boy gets better. Like I'm also speaking of COVID, I think it's really cool that we're doing this podcast through like social distancing. Oh yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh yeah, like this is really this cool. is a really good option. So then like we can stay socially distanced and Yeah. Like still be able to do this podcast. Yeah, definitely. I didn't even know this existed, so like Good job for those. <laughs> so, um, something that hasn't halted production is work on a movie that came out in the 90s, The Godfather 3. It was announced today that, or not today, but this week, that Francis Ford Coppola is going to release in December a rework of The Godfather 3, titled The Godfather 3, Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone. And only... Oh my god, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Take it away. A bit too long of a title. Granted, I haven't seen any of the Godfather movies. Like, I guess... You're literally disrespecting my culture right now. <laughs> like... <laughs> um, But, like, I saw some tweet. The only reason I bring this up is because I saw this tweet where somebody said that the Snyder Cut, or, like, that this happened because of the Snyder Cut, and I'm like, does, does this person not know about director's cuts? Like the five different no, cuts of Blade Runner? Or <laughs> Don't talk about the different cuts of Blade Runner. There's so many. And then like, even like Coppola has made like four, three or four different cuts of Apocalypse Now. So like, this is not because Zack Snyder is making his Justice League movie. Like, Also, it's very bold of them to assume someone like Zack Snyder could like influence Coppola exactly like imagine influencing Coppola like it's just not happening like I I don't think Coppola sat down and thought wow hey I made The Godfather and The Godfather Part 2 which are revered as the greatest movies of all time but you know what this new Justice League movie it's got me thinking I might go back to Godfather 3 I feel like Coppola might be like um a Martin Scorsese and like he just doesn't watch superhero movies or maybe he just doesn't know they exist like maybe maybe he's like I like he heard the name Justice League and he's like what's like, that? that like never heard of her the League of Nations like you know he's so old he probably did think it was the League of Nations yeah, exactly <laughs> um speaking of Zack Snyder it was announced that Zack Snyder um his new movie coming out next year that's not uh, the Snyder Cut, Army of the Dead is going to get a prequel movie and an animated series or an anime series on Netflix. You know, I'm gonna be real with you. I've never heard of Army of the Dead. Honestly, sorry to DC. <laughs> I I don't know much about it either. From the synopsis, it sounds like it's a heist movie taking place in Las Vegas during a zombie apocalypse. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't either, and like. I think Zack Snyder's an okay director. Like, he's really mm-hmm. hit or miss with me. But, like, I, I think he has good-looking movies, at least. I don't think I've seen anything of his except for Justice League. Like, is there anything else that he's, like, done? Did you see Man of Steel or Batman v Superman? Well, yeah. yeah I meant, that's... like, the Justice oh, League. Okay. Like, the, the DC Universe. The only other thing I've seen of his is Watchmen, which, is, granted, is actually pretty good. 
But um. Oh, the HBO series? No, it, he did a movie uh, adaptation of the oh, comic okay. book in like two thousand nine. Oh, okay. Um, and I think I've seen a little bit of three hundred, but his style is just so like in your face, and I think like he tells good stories and like mm-hmm. has very beautiful visuals, but like it just falls somewhere along the way and falls apart. I think for me, like, especially with, like, 300 and Justice League, it was almost too in your face where it felt, like, corny. Oh, yeah. Where, like, I just didn't want to watch it because it didn't feel, like, believable. Like, I know superhero movies aren't supposed to be, like, believable, but, like, there has to be some level of, like, realism to them. And, like, I just, Justice League and 300 both felt felt very, like, over-dramatized for me. Did you see the tweet that he put out where it was, like, someone was attacking his Justice League trailer and he's, like, well, you said, like, this, the uh, original Justice League was, like, a Saturday morning cartoon. This is a grown-up yes. movie. Yes! Like, I was like, shut up! <laughs> it's literally a superhero movie. And that's not saying you can't tell mature superhero stories, but this is Like, we obviously saw Justice it with, like, Logan League. and stuff. Like. Yeah. Like, I don't think but you're also, making a rated R Justice League movie. But also his trailer. It was, like, a cute little song to, like, some clips. Yeah, like, like, and the aspect ratio. Not me rated R vibes. The aspect ratio of it is just like, I don't know how I feel about it because it just looks too, too off-putting compared to what he did like for Batman v Superman and Man of Steel, which are like these big in-your-face mm-hmm. IMAX movies. And then this one looks like The Lighthouse, like in terms of aspect ratio. And like, oh. it did. It was just like a lot of like slow motion scenes to like a cute dancey song i don't know if, i don't know if i call hallelujah a cute dancey song i don't mean like dancey <laughs> but it was like it wasn't like it didn't fit the scenes if that makes sense oh yeah yeah i totally get what you're saying um i didn't mean cute and dancey i meant like you know yeah. like those cute creepy songs it yeah. just felt like it should be in a horror movie and not the Justice League. Yeah. I feel like the Snyder Cut is going to be one of the most interesting watches. Because I'll be happy mm-hmm. that he at least got his like story out there. But like. Yeah. I hope Will it it's be good. Because like if it's not good and we waited that long and like fought that hard for like his cut. And it lets all of us down. No. See the thing I hate is that even when they got, like, the Snyder fans or whatever got the cut of Justice League announced, they would not let up about more Snyder stuff. Like, now they're begging for a Ben Affleck HBO series. And I'm like... Why? Didn't Ben was like, I'm not a good Batman, I quit? Yeah, well, like, I'm pretty sure he fell into, like, alcoholism. I don't know if it was because, like, he had a lot of stuff going on at the time, but he said, like, it was such a bad experience that he didn't want to come back. Mm-hmm. so it's like come on don't force him into doing something he doesn't want to do like no literally and I also feel like if there's too many Batmans at once it's gonna get weird well he, I think he's been confirmed to be in the Flashpoint movie which mm-hmm. already has another Batman in it and I'm like okay who's the other Batman? Michael Keaton no no you're lying no I'm not lying but I think they said this was his last 
Um, well, Ben Affleck's last um, Batman movie, and then the only Batmans are going to be Pattinson and Keaton. Why? Why is Keaton coming back? Love Keaton. Don't get me wrong. Great actor. But, like, no, I didn't like his Batman. I, I've honestly maybe seen, like, the first five minutes of his Batman, and then, like, I just, just never finished it. Yeah, I just don't know how to feel about it. It's like a dad movie. Oh, That's yeah, what it's it is. the quintessential, like, superhero dad movie. Yeah. Like, my dad would be watching it, like, Sunday morning. Like, <laughs> So, um, also this week, a Silk series, who's a, well, Silk is a character from Spider-Man, a live-action series based around her is going to happen at Amazon with uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, I believe, working on it. I honestly am excited for that. I didn't know that was happening until I saw it in our notes, (laughs) and I can't wait, honestly. I'm looking forward to it, but this Spider-Verse, I mean, outside of, like, the Spider-Verse movie. Just this Sony mm-hmm. Spider-Man verse that they're trying to make, I don't understand. Oh, like with um, what's that Jared Leto movie? Morbius. Yes. I mean, like I don't. Yeah, it's just too weird. It seems like they're trying to do everything but Spider-Man. Exactly. But like, how are you gonna have a Spider-Man verse without Peter Parker, or at least Miles Morales? And then like the. Uh... The Morbius trailer had Michael Keaton show up, and yeah. um, so I guess that takes place in the MCU. So now it's like, is that is Marvel going to have to be like, well, now we got to talk about Morbius now? Vampires kind of exist, yeah. which I mean would lead into Blade pretty well, but like, oh, it would. Oh, I forgot about Blade. I'm so excited. But like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. so like iffy on the Spider-Man universe. I think Sony needs to let go. Like, to be honest, like, sell it back to Disney, get your coin, and make something else. Like, Sony really is just banking pretty much off of PlayStation. Like, outside of that. And they're good at it, though. I like the Spider-Man game. Oh, yeah. Um, But, like, outside of PlayStation, like, the only franchise they have, like, film-wise... And I mean, granted, I don't really, I can't really think of many off the top of my head. But like, no, me neither. Is it like X Men? No, it's it's like Uncharted, like the new Uncharted movie with Tom oh. Holland. <laughs> no, you're kidding. Like, is that still taking place? I feel like that was like a rumor that we all just like collectively created. I'm pretty sure. Like, I saw that they might have started filming or something, and I'm like, is this actually happening? Because, like, okay, I love Tom Holland, actually. He's not my favorite actor, but, like, he's cute. But I can't picture him as Nathan Drake. Like, I'm sorry. But Nathan Drake's, like, a 30-year-old kind of rugged man. And, like, they totally miscast this whole movie. With, like, Did they really? Tom Holland and, like, Mark Wahlberg playing Sully. Like, I can't see oh, it. God. I cannot see I it. I can't. That's just going to be such a mess. Exactly. That's already a mess. And they're, like pre-production like i hope it's venom like but with uncharted just like that kind i still of haven't seen one. venom what <laughs> i just can't i love tom hardy like one of my favorite actors but like i i can't i can't watch the like alien human fan fiction like <laughs> well you're missing out on his 
best performance ever where he bites the head off of a lobster while sitting in a lobster tank in a restaurant. Oh, that was in the trailer. I saw that. That is the best thing. Oh, to be an actor sitting in a lobster tank and having a bite in a lobster. I wonder if that was, like, his one, like, thing. Like, if I do this movie, like, I get to sit in a lobster tank for a scene. I would. If I become an actress, every single movie, I'm going to be, like, put me in a lobster tank. Especially if you're, like, Tom Hardy doing Venom. Like, I feel like you got a bit of leeway with, like, what you can do. Yeah. He was just so good on Peaky Blinders. I don't know if you watched that show, but, like... Going from, like, Peaky Blinder him to, like, Venom, I just can't. I can't do that letdown. And it's, like, he's totally committed to this thing as well, which is amazing. Because he's doing the sequel. that's great. And, like, I totally thought it was going to be a one-off. Like, oh, Tom Hardy starred in this weird Venom movie. But he's going to star in two weird Venom movies. You know what? Maybe I'll watch the first one just because he's made the second one. And the second one is, like bonkers because it's being directed by Andy Serkis so like I don't know how that man has time because he's also doing Batman so like where is he getting time yeah like he's playing Alfred and then like he's like oh no I'm like sorry guys gotta take a break today I'm going to go shoot Venom 2 let there be carnage that's what it's called yes is the actual title I can't. You know, I almost gave it a chance like two minutes ago, but like I take that back. Let me bring you back in with this. No. Woody Harrelson. Red Hawaiian shirt. Red, like flat top hair. Jumping in to a red Corvette. You know, you could have just stopped at Woody Harrelson, to be honest. <laughs> that is our carnage right there. That is, like, actual set picture, like, Carnage. Wait, he's playing Carnage? Yes. Okay, you lost me again. (laughs) Speaking of lost, it seems like Disney has lost John Boyega. Lost literally their best actor, but it's Literally. Um, John Boyega wrote a scathing article about, or, like, had an interview in GQ, I believe, where he mentioned yeah. his time um, working on the Star Wars movies. You know, the sequels just make me so mad because it was so obvious that he was supposed to be a main character, possibly, like, the Force-sensitive Jedi, not Rey. And, like, the fact that they sidelined him so hard to where his main point was just, like, yelling, like, will never cease to make me upset. And, like, everybody, like... Like, I love The Last Jedi. Don't get me wrong. It's probably my favorite Star Wars movie, but like you're you hold up your favorite star wars like out of everything like it's between that and like the original star wars okay well um just say the original star wars and keep the last jedi to yourself like um but as much as i love that movie it totally Mm -hmm. feels like finn was somewhat wasted in it oh 100 because okay um aesthetically last jedi was like gorgeous like the scenes and everything was gorgeous but you cannot tell me that movie was just not Raylo propaganda <laughs> like and i hate that they doubled down on that in like rise of skywalker like their kids but i feel like they already went there so like what could they do but like continue that like you know what i mean yeah, exactly yeah 
like I remember vividly watching that movie in the theater and like when mm-hmm. they kissed like I was like smiling because I was happy because I was like Ben's back I love Ben Solo I love Kylo Ren and then they kissed can't like, relate I literally like cried <laughs> like I was so happy he was back and then she kisses him and I like my smile like went to like a wait what like wait didn't we see that together or am I tripping no we didn't we talked about it though okay yeah, I just hate Ryan Johnson for that. Like, he, no. <laughs> he didn't have to go there. And, like, I feel so bad for John Boyega because he was marketed as, like, the lead of the series. Like, he, he was. Like, he has the lightsaber. It's him. He has, like, you know, in, in the original trailers for The Force Awakens, he had the lightsaber. He had, like, the, he was the yes. first new person you saw in the first trailer. And exactly. like he was set up so well in The Force Awakens to then just really get sidelined in episode eight and nine. And I you really know what was also that. sidelined? Finpo. Oh yeah. Give me the gays. They were obviously in love. Like it's it makes me so mad that Disney was like, oh no, we're we don't want to do this. When Oscar Isaac and like John Boyega were all in. They're like, yeah, this no, is literally. what we want to do. Because if they're going to sideline... Oh, oh, what were you saying? I was going to say, it shocked me in an article when John Boyega talked about how everyone knew it, especially Daisy and Adam. And, like, I just can't imagine being Daisy or Adam, like, knowing that you're taking the spotlight away from, like, a friend, but, like, you can't really do anything about it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But I really hate that, like... Like, people made it, like, a Ryan Johnson versus, like, J.J. Abrams thing. Mm-hmm. when like really it's Disney like at the end of the day like Disney is who's to blame for that because Disney could have yeah. stepped in and said no this is our lead like or like yeah. he's going to be a bigger part of these stories and then Disney also didn't have his back in it like not at all it's just really frustrating I'm not surprised that didn't, Disney didn't have his back though oh yeah like I, it didn't shock me one bit like it I feel sad for John, like, crushed by it, but, like, Disney, like, doing that did not shock me in, at all. And something that, like, and, and and I hate to, like, criticize, like, what John said, because I agree with everything he said, but mm-hmm. he really said something, like, he said something along the lines of, like, oh, yeah, J.J. Abrams is, like, the only, like, kind of person that kind of was there for me in this. But in The Rise of the Skywalker, Finn really just does what he did in the past two movies, which is like yeah. yell and like be like, "Oh, I'm part of the resistance." Like, well, you know, I feel like maybe he meant that more so off screen. Like, maybe JJ fought harder than Ryan did, mm-hmm. but like he JJ definitely didn't show it in the movies that he fought for him. And there are like the rumors that like there is stuff that JJ wanted to do in the movie that got mm-hmm. cut out release the abrams cut but like no period release the abrams <laughs> cut right now but like i just really i really hate that that happened to him but i'm glad that he was he's out of it now and that mm-hmm. i really hope he gets work oh me too doesn't he already have a movie coming along i think so i i want to say with jordan peele but i'm not 100 percent sure i'm not sure either but I really. But I know it's like 
Um, I think he's like leading it though. Oh, good. He's a star. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like he was like the best part of like, especially um, the Force Awakens. Like, I mean, I love Adam Driver and like and all that, but like when Finn was there, it just really like excited me because he had the most interesting storyline. He did. Like the he had trooper. the most interesting plot. Like, I'm sorry, I love Ray, and like I will always love Ray, but like she was kind of wasted from the very beginning. Like she was set up as like a side character, like, oh, here's some girl from Jakku, but like here's the stormtrooper that's force sensitive. And then they went with Ray. And I was like, What? And then like and then they even started to tell an interesting story with Ray to then just be like, Oh, she's a palpatine. Like yeah, oh my god, don't get me started on the Palpatine. I feel like the Palpatine was just JJ trying to fix or like undo Ryan's mess, but then in the end, it just created a bigger mess. Like, the Ryan Skywalker is like Game of Thrones season eight. Oh my god, I, you know what? I kind of like season eight though. Like, like, is that just me? Like... <laughs> Probably, because I, I really liked it when it first came out. But the more I think about it, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, what? See, I think I liked it more so because I wasn't too attached to Daenerys. So, like, when all that happened, I was like, oh, okay. Whereas, like, other people were, like, furious. See, like, I wasn't really, like, obsessed with anyone on the show, so I didn't really care who won. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, good. Anyways. See, I'm just mad because Jamie Lannister got, like, killed by rocks. It- Oh, yeah, that made me upset. I was like, Jamie Lannister is the best character on this show. Don't do my boy dirty like that. Also, they spent the whole season um giving him a redemption arc and then said no. Like, it felt like there was two different writers that, like, didn't see what the other person was doing. You know what? Actually, I kind of saw, like, Jamie's redemption arc finish with Cersei because he was like, I have to, like, you know, end it. But, like, I guess ending her means I have to end my life. So I kind of see where he was going with that. But at the same time, I was like, you didn't need to do that. Like, you you were already redeemed at that point. And then he fights, like, the pirate guy. And I was like, if the pirate guy is the one that kills Jamie, oh, like, I will not be happy. And he, te- he kind of did. And I'm like... That scene, like, was stressed me out so much. Um... But yeah, like, what I mean, though, by it being, like, the Game of Thrones season 8, though, is that it's the finale that just makes me look back and be, like, it just makes me not want to watch, like, episode 7 and 8. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. like, I don't know, it just doesn't pay off in the end. I'm like, oh, okay. Like... You know, I have, like, a conflicting relationship with Rise of Skywalker, because, like, if you ask for, like, my opinion on it, I'd be like, I didn't like it. But, like, I find myself watching it on Disney Plus a lot just because there's something about the way the story flows, whereas even though I don't like the story, it flows nicely and it's, like, easy to watch. You know what I mean? hmm And it's also very pretty. Like, it's the most beautiful, like, CGI movie I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Like, the, uh, the battle, like, on Death Star 2, where it's, like, just mm-hmm. water everywhere, I just... It's so oh, aesthetically beautiful. pleasing. I love it. And then, oh my god, what's it called? Exegol? Is that the planet? Oh yeah, Exegol. That was just so pretty. Like, the lightning, the fog, like, everything. It was just gorgeous. Like... So I just realized we're at 40 minutes, and we haven't even gotten to the main <laughs> topic. <laughs> um, Alright, so, main topic. Ryo, do you want to take this one? Um, 
Not really. <laughs> All right. So news came out this week in a really terrible form um, of Disney. Pretty much, it felt like at least they were trying to overshadow a lot of what John Boyega said. 100%. But, They're like, let me cover it up with giving you something nice. Like, but they announced that The Mandalorian Season 2 is coming out October 30th, 2020. And we thought, hey, to start this podcast about films, why not talk about a TV show? Um, and so we're going to talk about The Mandalorian, specifically um, Episode 1 and 2. All right. So, um, Episode 1, I thought, you know, given how we just stated our feelings on Episode 7 and 8, I thought Episode 1 of Mandalorian was, like, the best intro to a Star Wars story I've seen in a while. Like, it was set up perfectly, in my opinion. Would you say it's the best, like, Disney Star Wars thing that has come out? I would say so. Actually, you know what? I really liked Rogue One. I don't know if a lot of people like Rogue One, but I personally love Rogue One. So I think Rogue One's my favorite Disney thing. But, like, Mandalorian's, like, the best setup, despite my personal opinion on Rogue One. For me, like, it's between The Last Jedi, like, I love that. Solo Mm -hmm. and The Mandalorian is being, like, the three best things that Disney's done. I agree with that, except for Jedi, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Um, I really liked Solo. I know a lot of people didn't. It's It feels like the most underrated, like, Star Wars movie. It definitely is. It I like how they portrayed everything in it. Like, there wasn't anything in that that really upset me. It was just fun, breezy, and light. And I, I, we haven't yeah. gotten that with any of the Star yeah. Wars movies. I know Rogue One was, like, a lot to take in. It was just, like, constant sadness. But, like, with Solo, it felt like a nice breath of fresh air and it felt and original it did despite it being a character that we've had since the 70s it was very original and i didn't feel bored at all at any point but what the mandalorian did i and i love this is that it, it felt like it expanded on solo in a way with like the underworld and stuff like that but gave us like the best form of it I feel like you could go even farther than that and not just say it expanded on Solo. Like, I feel like it expanded on off the whole universe of Star Wars that we haven't really seen anyone since the 70s, like, bring out. It definitely... Like, it just... It dived, like, deep into the lore, I think. It definitely recaptured a, lo- a lot of what I think George Lucas did with the first Star Wars, with just mm-hmm. a new world and, like... Like, in this one episode, we see three new planets and see so many new things and get introduced yeah. to so many new concepts that, like, and I mean, I'm not a big, like, extended universe person, but, like, mm-hmm. it was digestible and easy enough to understand, and yeah. it wasn't overwhelming. I think a uh, thing I also liked about it was, like, right off the bat in, like, episode one, we already got to see some of the Mandalorian's background like we saw those flashbacks and stuff Mm -hmm. so like already off the bat they were setting up the universe not only on a big level but on like the main character's background and like I feel like with the sequels it took them a while to even get to like Ray's last name so like that was refreshing to know like we already have some of his background right off the bat and like 
the uh, the intro to this I think is genius. Like I think it's one of the best scenes that Disney's done with mm-hmm. Star Wars to introduce characters because I don't think any dialogue is said from uh, Mando, but you just see in his actions, oh, not at all, and the way yeah. he moves and like just how he carries himself. It tells like what you know a thousand words couldn't. Yeah, I also think that's props to Pedro because I think for most of the, honestly, most of the series, I feel like he is very limited in what he says. Oh, yeah. And, like, we don't see his face until, like, the last episode. So all of that emotion, um, I think a lot of it did come from how we felt about Baby Yoda initially. Like, if Baby Yoda Mm -hmm. didn't work, then, like, the Mandalorian is really just a blank slate. Yeah. Well, I think it was a nice introduction to a larger universe. Oh, yeah. And he cut a dude in half. Like, I saw that in the trailer, and I was like, no way they're actually going to mm-hmm. cut the dude in half. And then he cut they the cut guy the in, dude half. in half. Also, the, um, I don't remember his name, the blue fish alien. Oh, yeah. The way that Mando just, like, disregarded him. Like, I don't even think the guy was doing anything wrong to him. He was just like, you know, I'm going to put you lock you away. <laughs> I thought that was funny. He just straight iced him, like... He did. He was like, bye. That dude was... Like, that dude was, like, about to do some really shady stuff. There's was like, thank you, Mando. Like, you're not yeah. dead yet. But to be honest, he was about to do some shady stuff, but, like, Mandalorian is shady himself. So oh, I was like, yeah. are you gonna, like... Are you gonna, like, fight him for doing what you do? What's really, like... Something I love about this is uh, the actor and director Werner Herzog playing the, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, but the imperial governor guy. Just, oh, like the client? Yes, the client. Okay. Amazing. Like, just amazing casting because he just feels like he fits in that world. He does. He's also scary for someone that we don't see often. And I think that a lot of that is just to do with his voice as well and his, like, German oh, accent. Yeah. Um, and the cast. You know what I would love to know what, where the accents come from in the Star Wars universe, because we have like the English accent with like Ray and stuff, and then like the German accent with Client. But like we never see planets of people that have that one accent. You know what I mean? Like everyone has a plain American accent until like they don't. Until the main character comes out or something. Yeah. Um, I, like, wonder where those dialects come from. Anyway, what were you saying? Oh, uh, I think all the casting in this show is spot on. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's perfect. Like, Carl Weathers as um, Grief Karga, like, mm-hmm. you know, one of the most, like, iconic people playing, like, Apollo Creed is in Star Wars. And I didn't see Carl Weathers. I saw, like, you know, the you know, Mandalorian's, like, boss. Yes. Yes, I think that was very important because I know sometimes with like people who have like a household name, it's very hard for me to see them as anything but like the actor. Like anytime John Cena does a movie, I'm like, that's John Cena. Like, go away. Like, <laughs> but I think he very much like enveloped himself into the role. The um, so to kind of go along with the story, so Mando gets like the fob to go find what we soon figure out to be Baby Yoda. And mm-hmm. we get this really kind of fun sort of 
training montage, like almost Rocky, like with um the little, the little I don't know what it's called, <laughs> but the little the little guy. Oh, uh, like Quill's like animal thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting. Like, I felt I thought that was an interesting choice. Like to kind of, you know, have the Mandalorian be like this vulnerable guy who like can't. You know, he can't do everything, like, immediately. He's not, like, the biggest yeah. cool guy in the galaxy. Like, It was also, like, a nice little, like, I don't want to say soft moment, but it was, like, lighter than, like, the rest of it. Because the rest of it was, like, the client, you know, yelling at him, like, him fighting dudes. Like, it was a nice, like, break from all that. And then we we get to the, uh, the big shootout scene. And... Mm-hmm. that was so well done like that was the first like real taste of what the big action scenes would be like and it yeah. just was so tense oh yeah everything in the mandalorian had me like stressed <laughs> but like in the best way um and taika watiti in this episode like so good i love his little ig11 and he doesn't play like the i guess average taika character that we've seen like since people oh, not Ford. at all. And that's kind of what I expected. Yeah. Like I kinda of expect him to be like the big funny person, but a lot yeah, of his comedic heard, moments yeah. came from like the most plain sort of things. Definitely. I thought that too. When I heard Tycho was gonna be in it, I was like expecting like a Korg like character that was gonna be like comedic relief. Um, so that shootout, one of my favorite things, and I wanna know how they did this effect. Because it's just so well done. But when um, the big, like, laser gun comes out and, like, Mm -hmm. Mando, like, jumps on it, it just has this little, like, and, I mean, it's so dumb. It's just a stupid thing, but I just love the effect. It just bounces. So, and I wonder how they did that. I don't know. Like, the the machine bounces, right? Yeah, like the little gun turret bounces. Yeah. Because I think it was, like, levitating or something. I don't know. Maybe, like, a green screen and, like, they just had Pedro jump on it. Maybe. I don't know, but I just loved it. Like, it was... Yeah. It's just so satisfying to watch. Like, I wish I could just see, like, a five-minute long video of him just, like, jumping on over and over. I just... And, you know, I think you um, saying that you like that such such a small detail and you love it, it, like, goes to show, like, how well thought out everything in Mandalorian is. Oh, yeah, like, what John Favreau and, like, all the directors did for the show is insane. Like, mm-hmm. how detailed, for, like, just the TV show. Like, I, most TV shows, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, you know, it's the Marvel show, but, like, it doesn't have the effects of Marvel. Never once yeah. did this feel like Star Wars light. This just felt like Star Wars. Yeah, it never felt like low budget. <laughs> I know what you mean. Have you seen any of the uh, documentary episodes for The Mandalorian? No, I don't think I have. I've seen a few of the interviews on YouTube, like, from the set, but I, I'm not sure if those are in the documentary or not. There's some very interesting kind of discussions that they have, and mm-hmm. um, it's really interesting seeing, like, the group of directors that they brought in for this. Like, this episode, for instance, was directed by Dave Filoni and yeah. um like you know from avatar the last airbender and beautiful Wars. beautiful like the best cartoon of all time with avatar and like a 
I guess, pretty good Star Wars show. You know what? I think I think Clone Wars is pretty good, and it's pretty high up there in like best Star Wars cinema, to be honest. Oh yeah, like the Siege of Mandalore, like amazing. But you are right; they do have a lineup of directors. Um, like Rick Fumiyama, who did the second episode, which we'll talk about. Um, like he was on board to direct the Flash at some one point, like just and Taika Waititi doing like the finale, like that is just that amazing. was the best episode. Period. I'm trying to think who were the other who was the other one off who only did one. Oh, um, I know Dallas Bryce Howard. Dallas Howard. Yeah, yeah. Just the directors were insane for this. Yeah, they really didn't like be cheap with like any part of this production. And the lineup for next season is absurd. Oh, really? What is it? Uh, I'm pretty sure Peyton Reed from, like, the Ant-Man movies, he's doing an episode. Um, I love the Ant-Man movies, to be honest. I like the first one, but Ant-Man and the Wasp is a little iffy for me. I love that one. And maybe it was, like, this is getting way too personal, but maybe it was just because I just got done with summer school and I was, like, hating it. And, like, I just mm-hmm. went to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp afterwards. Maybe that's That should have been a good thing, it. though. Well, yeah, I did finish in three days. I hold the record at that school for quickest summer school completion. But... Oh, three days? Three days. That's, a, that's so short. I don't know how you did that. I just... Well, I just didn't try in the class, but I knew all this stuff. Also, I don't know if we're going to talk about season two in this episode, but I just remembered that Rosero, Rosero Dawson is playing Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, do you? I don't know how I feel about it either. Because, like, I've heard a lot of bad things about Rosero. Rosario? Rosario. Rosario. And I don't know how I feel. I But, like, aesthetically, like, her facial features, I think, do look like Ahsoka. So, like, I think she'll make a good ahsoka physically but like i don't know how i feel about her as a person who i thought it should have been um and i hope i get the actress name right but it's a uh, laura harrier from uh oh yes yeah who played think... liz and however i do think by this time ahsoka's supposed to be like 40 yeah so i think uh laura would make a good like clone wars era I just, like, Rosario Dawson just it seems like such a bad person from what I've heard, so I was like, yeah, just, come on, like, I get it, everybody wanted her to be Ahsoka, but, like, she should have thought about that before, like, I don't remember what she did, but, like, you know. I don't want to speak on it, because I barely remember, too, but I think it had something to do with, like, her treating um, the trans community poorly. Ooh. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think don't so, too. But I don't remember exactly what she did. I just remember everyone saying that she's not a good fit. The most off-the-wall director, though, in season two that I'm really excited to see his episode is Robert Rodriguez. What has uh, he done? Uh, Spy Kids, Shark Boy and Lava Oh Girl, my god, yes. Um, Alita Battle Angel, which people love for some reason. I don't think that was that bad. I mean, it's not a good movie by any means, but like, I enjoyed it. What I hate is that people hold it on this pedestal as, like, and I mean, not, like, it's the same people that were, like, released the Snyder Cut on every Warner Brothers tweet. Okay, so people with bad taste 
exactly. hold it up to a high standard. <laughs> but, like, I'm really excited to see what he does with The Mandalorian. Yeah, I think it would be interesting, especially if it feels like Spy Kids, the nostalgia. Oh, yeah. Like, I hope, like, Shark Boy shows up and he's like, yo, what's up, Mando? No. I just hope with um, Ahsoka coming in, they don't make it too much focusing around, like, Jedis. And I think something that I like so much about Mandalorian is that it's, like, everything but Jedis. And, and like, um, I feel like if she comes in, it's just gonna, like, they're gonna focus on, like, her because she's a fan favorite. Yeah, I really, that's something I'm afraid of, too, is that it's gonna get like, the nostalgia factor of it is going to overshadow the, you know, the stuff that we loved about the first season. Yeah. But to get back on track, the first episode ends with the reveal of the person who is who took over the internet, Baby Yoda. I love Baby Yoda. I, I think I'd literally, like, take a bullet for him. All right, who's better, though? Baby Groot or Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda. I know, Baby Groot. Like, hands down. Baby Groot, like, I'd start a fire with Baby Groot to keep, like, Baby Yoda warm. Okay, nice nice of you to steal that from Twitter. I see Yes, I know. (laughs) I was really Um, hoping no one would remember that. No, I 100% do. Um, I think Baby Groot's cute and all, but, like, he's kind of (laughs) stupid. And, like, he's already like, teenage Groot, so, like, it don't really matter. Yeah, I hate yeah. teenage Groot. <laughs> teenage Groot's so annoying. I wonder if we'll ever get, like, teenage Yoda in the Oh, my God, I hope not. Like, I, I wonder, though, do you think that Baby Yoda in Season 2 will speak? And do you think he's going to speak like Yoda, like, in half sentences and, like, put words in different places? Or do you think that's just a Yoda thing? I, I wonder if that is just a Yoda thing. Like, what if he's just, like, very, like, just, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but just, like, well-spoken. Just... Yeah, maybe he's just, like, very eloquent and, like, regal, and that's just, like, a Yoda thing. Yeah, just Yoda was, like, the dumbest of their group. I don't know. I don't know how baby Yoda would speak, but I also don't know it when he'll speak, because I feel like since... Yoda's, like, 800 and, like, still kicking by the time of the originals. So, like, will he, like, take, like, 100 years to even speak before he's, like, technically a toddler? Like, I wonder, like, what his first word would be that would, like, you know, because I feel like if they were to do it, it would be, like, this big, like, meaningful thing. Yeah. Or if he's, like, you know, what if it's just, like, a planet name? Or if it's, like, I hope it's not story type of, like, uh, he's like Exegol, like. Oh my god! If he says any, if they mention Exegol at all, I know they're gonna bring in Palpatine. Like what Palpatine was doing between the sequels, I know they're gonna go that way. Like, please not bring up Exegol at all. Um, it's gonna be a really interesting season when it comes out. Like, I'm really interested to see. Like, I'm excited because I don't know where it's gonna go. But I know where this podcast is gonna go. On to episode two of The Mandalorian. Oh, word. I know, that I was like a good transition. transition. That was a good one. We, we set that up so, so good. So episode two, um, titled The Child, um, 
is directed by Rick Fumiyama, who we talked about before. I hope I got that name right. Um, but this episode, I think it is either the weakest or the second weakest episode of the season for me. Really? You know what? I would have to agree. Like, I don't think it gets worse than episode five with their knockoff John Mayer Han Solo guy. Oh my god, that guy who like tried yeah. to like rob them. Yeah, I hated that episode. I was just about to mention to you that I don't think it's the worst episode because I think yes, that, that is the worst episode. <laughs> but that did give us a sneak peek of Boba Fett. Didn't I it? totally forgot Boba Fett was going to be in this new season. Because like at the end, like that. Um, oh my god, that girl from Agents of Shield. Uh, Ming now win. Ming now win. She was um like picked up by Boba. I'm pretty right? sure. That one? It was either Boba or the guy from Breaking I Bad, I think. Okay. Yeah. Who's the guy from uh, Breaking the, Bad? The, what's the actor's name? Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Um, he plays. Oh, yeah, okay, guy. okay, okay. Oh, I forgot what his name is. I'm sure uh, I don't remember uh, name. Gideon. I hate Moff that I just like yeah, had yeah. that knowledge. Just like boom, just. I'm too much of a nerd for this. I'm a nerd too, but like I forget <laughs> names so easily. Um, but this episode, like, the only like standout thing to me that wasn't like you know story based because I mean like Baby Yoda like lifting mm-hmm. the Rhino or whatever that's cool, but the only like really standout thing I think is like the action scene on the um jawa thing but even then it's like the yeah jawa. like the big like sand crawler thing okay. and like that is the like most i don't know it just felt it felt like it was one of the more focused action scenes of the series because it's a clear like oh i need to get here mm-hmm. but like i don't know it yeah. just didn't have any weight to me it was just kind of felt like oh, this is just an action scene to move us, like, from one plot point to another rather than, oh, this is an organic yeah, I like, get sort that. of deal. It did fall, I don't want to say filler episode because, like, I don't think Mandalorian really had a filler episode because, like, there's only eight of them. But I, if we had to pick one that was, like, a filler episode, I think it could be this one. It just felt like a way to move the story along but without any, like, substance. Yeah, because they could have honestly just, like gone and like left the planet in the first episode and like the third episode or that. Yeah. Yeah. But I do still think it was like oh, good. Yeah. Like when I say it was like my least favorite, like my least favorite Mandalorian is ten times better than like me liking the last <laughs> Jedi. Like, like this I don't think there's a bad episode of the show. Even its no. worst is like at at worst it's just generic like yeah and I think like all of them were good like all of them kept me intrigued I think it's just a matter of like what piqued my interest the most but um something that I loved about this episode was it really starts to form the bond between Baby Yoda and and Mando that we see kind of explore yeah. later in the series or well in the next episode really 
But Bayard is just, oh my god, so cute. He is so cute. I really want to get that, um, not to get off topic, but I really want to buy that, like, life-size Baby Yoda, like, plushy thing from, I think, Have Hot you topic. seen the, uh, the, like, Facebook people that, like, treat the Baby Yoda as their child and, like, will dress it up and stuff? No, but that's about it's, to like, be me. It's, like, the funniest thing. Like, they'll literally put it, like, in the, like, front little part of, like, the grocery carts. And, that, like, he has, like, a little backwards oh God, hat or something. I would love to do that. Oh, my God. I'm going to buy one. I remember, like, when those came out at Target, I almost went and bought one. Um, and that was my first time, I think, going to a grocery store, like, in the pandemic. I went for a Baby Yoda thing in May. No, I Did didn't. You get it was it? completely sold out by the time I got there. And I was, like, the 15th I know. Person. I tried ordering one online. I tried ordering one online when it was pre-order. And I think the pre-order, like, sold out. Because, like, it wouldn't let me, like, buy it. And I was like, why? Like, literally (laughs) the only Baby Yoda merch I have was, or I have, is a, like, knockoff ornament. A Funko Pop. And then, like, when I went to the Disney store this year at the beach, they had, like, old Baby Yoda masks. Mm -hmm. And, like, I had to get one. It's him, like, with the little, like, thing that he's drinking in the fourth episode. Speaking of Pop Funkos, I've been trying so hard to get a Mandalorian Pop Funko, but, like, they're either on, they're either, like, 20 bucks for some reason, or, like, he only comes in, like, a set. Like, I cannot find just, like, a singular Mandalorian that's not overpriced. I was lucky enough to, like, find one at Target, like, when the show first came out, but, like, Mm -hmm. I even considered selling them at one point. I was like, maybe I can make, like, you know, 20 extra bucks. Well, you know, if you get um, the Funko app, you can track how much oh, it's worth. Yeah, I have it. And, like, I have one Daenerys Pop Funko that's, like, a special edition, like, her with her gold dragon. and like, oh $100 goodness. right now. Yeah, you should definitely get it. And then you can, like, keep track of, like, how much each of them I think the most stuff. rare one, not to get even more off topic, but uh, yeah. the most rare one I have is, like, the Civil War Captain America and Iron Man. Where it's, like, them, like, you know, about to face off. And it's, like, the coolest thing. But it's, like, oh. it was, like, $40 when I bought it. And I was, like, please let this still be worth something. Like, please. I don't think, I don't have any, like, of those, like, scenes. I only have, like, singular pops. I really like some scenes, um, though. I don't, well, cool. these ones were, like, just singular pops. But, like, kind of, like, were packaged like a scene. The only scene one I have, though, and it's from one of my least favorite Marvel movies. Is like Iron Man 2, where he's like Whiplash coming after him. Oh, that's cool. We are oh, so, so off topic. We started talking about Funko Pops and reselling them. <laughs> but we're here to talk about Mandalorian. Yeah. This is this is a film fizz, not pop fizz. It, it could, could be, be pop, pop fizz. Because, you know, exactly. soda is pop. Period. You're going to have to have a new segment called Pop Corner. Um, it's just Funko Pops. Please. Oh, my God. I have so I many. Too. Like, I I don't know where to put them all anymore. Like, I <laughs> haven't bought... Actually, wait. I was going to say I haven't bought one forever, but I did buy a Back to the Future one. But we're off topic. Um, so... Yeah. Well, I feel like we talked a lot about yeah, episode two. Um, so... Yeah, we did talk a lot about episode two. You're right. 
Yeah, I don't exactly. Really like the only other thing I can think about is like the mud horn, but like that's really. I mean, it's a okay. It's action sequence, I guess. You know what? I liked it, and like this is such a weird detail to point out that I liked about it, but I liked how it felt very like gritty in a way. Like the I don't. This is gonna sound really weird, but like the mud looked real. Whereas I feel like if it was like a Marvel movie, somehow the mud would look less real if that makes sense like i don't know like it would look more like comic yeah i I totally see what you mean like this has a a real like gritty feeling yeah and like i do like how this scene like literally brings mando to like his most desperate point where he's literally just has like a knife and is like i just hope this thing like runs in the right direction and like i just somehow kill it but i'm probably gonna die that's the energy that we all need exactly. to have. Have that Mando you know? energy. Period. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say about this episode? Um, I don't think so. I could talk more right. about. I mean... <laughs> no, I think this episode. That is true. We are long. over an hour. But we are. so yeah, uh, to wrap things up. Uh, Thank you for listening to the first episode. It was a bit of a mess, but I think we did pretty good for first first try. I think we did pretty good for like barely any preparation and our first time ever. I think we stayed on topic pretty well. I know we got off topic a lot, but like we quickly like wrapped it back yes, up. Yes, with um with at least one amazing transition. Yeah, though we had one good we'll transition. We'll work on the transitions. <laughs> And hopefully this podcast will get better, but but yeah. for first try, I think we do pretty good. Yeah, not bad. I'd give us like a six out of ten. Like it, it feels like it feels like the first episode of The Mandalorian. You get introduced to a lot of new stuff. You get yeah, got a lot, lot of, of lore. Exactly. Little little side bits like sprinkling stuff in for later with the popcorner and. Yeah, you know, like little little <laughs> tidbits that will come 